The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 126. General West, Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barazzini, and you're listening to The Secret to Stargate, where I talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Today, we are discussing the 18th episode of Season 6, Forsaken. SG-1, conducting a scientific research on a planet, stumbles upon a mysterious crash-landed ship and its crew, the Hebradians, as they offer to help repair the ship. They are attacked by unknown aliens who are revealed to be the deadly enemies of the Hebradians. Back at Stargate Command, they learn that the ship is possibly a prison transport vessel, and tension escalates as Carter discovers the truth about the ship's captain, Aiden Corso. Meanwhile, Jonas becomes involved in a hostage situation when the prisoners try to escape through the Stargate, but he cleverly redirects them to a different address, leading to their capture. The episode ends with SG-1 bidding farewell to Warwick, the ship's true captain and reflecting upon Jonas's intuition that helped them solve the case. Pretty good. Everyone had something to do, I feel like. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this episode, Victor? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a solid episode. Kind of paint by numbers. I mean, we get some really good guest performances, I feel, here. And the writing... Uh, by Damien Kindler is is pretty snappy. The dialogue is, is pretty good. We get some really good Jack dialogue. And even the you know, the guest characters, the secondary characters have some some pretty good pointed lines. So I like that about it. Um, it's, you know, there's a there's a trope here, which is I think it would have been groundbreaking on the Twilight Zone in like 1955. But, you know, that that the humans looking aliens are the bad guys and the lizard looking aliens are the good guys, you know. Whoa. You know, that's like kind of the the main twist of this episode. And it's kind of a long time coming. If you've seen this episode before and you know the twist that the three people that they encounter initially are prisoners and, and are the bad guys, this episode can be pretty excruciating to watch again. But but the performances are good. Uh, Martin Cummins is as Corso when he's putting the moves on Sam. I thought that that was pretty good. Um, and then Deanne Johnstone, of course, is, is Warwick you know, evoking, you know, sympathy and, and stuff is, is it's always good to see him. We just saw him a couple of episodes ago too. So it's cool to see him again so soon. Yeah. He gets around and he's a very yeah. good actor. What about you, Lisa? So I was not looking forward to this one. I was like, Oh, I kind of remember it. And I'm thinking, Oh, I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really liked it, I think, better than I did the first time around. And I watched it with my 17-year-old. My 16-year-old is now 17. And um, she's never seen it. And she, she really liked it. And she did not see any of it coming. So it was kind of nice 
you know, for her to be like, oh my gosh, they're prisoners and, you know, all of this. And um, at the end, you know, them going through the gate and she didn't see that coming. And and I'd forgotten. I was like, what is Jonas doing? Like, why is he doing that with his hand? And, you know, what's going on? And then, you know, like, oh, it's SGC. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I, you know, so yeah, I, I fell for it. I liked it. I, I think that, um, the, the guest stars, guest actors had, they, they just did really, really well. Um, the, what is his name? Aiden, the, the one we think is the yeah. commander or whatever. Uh, he was, I remember being really irritated by him the first time around. This time around, it was oddly charming. Maybe I'm just. Yeah. No, it was. 20 something years has yeah. changed me. I don't know, but but it was like oddly charming and then to watch Carter kind of flirt in such a way, like you don't see that in her very often. So that was that was kind of fun. And uh so yeah, I I, I mean I liked it. I was not expecting to like it and I really did. I think this is an episode that really gets carried by the performances because mm-hmm. all the performances are really good and really solid and Looking at it from the point of view of character interactions, I really liked it. I I did see the twist coming from the point that the other aliens started attacking them, and you notice they have the same weapons as the humans. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is obviously what's going on. Um, and I feel like what would have been fun is if they'd done a double twist where there was something going on with the actual crew. Like, yes, they're prisoners, and these are the this uh warwick and his crew are the real crew of the ship but they're evil and this is basically like taking them to like a human concentration camp or like you could have done like a double twist on it but that's also kind of cool yeah (laughs) a lot to stick into a 45 minute episode but i feel like they could have like done a twist upon a twist and subverted that whole trope but i i understand why they didn't because that would be hard to do because you do you do get it where they put together what's actually going on and that the crew are lying to them and that this guy's the actual captain, but at no point do they ever say, But why are they prisoners? Like are yeah. they like, do they actually deserve to be prisoners? And the show conveys that to you by showing how unscrupulous they all mm-hmm. are with stealing things and manipulating <laughs> characters and just shooting people. Um but the SG one or S or Hammond never ask, okay, why are they captured? But you know, if Daniel Jackson was there, he would have been. Yeah. That's why I liked it. Cause we didn't have him going, but wait a minute, what's the morality just because they're the prisoners doesn't mean they're really the bad guys. And you know, like, but they have rights and you know, you, you don't have, you didn't have that character this time kind of sticking their foot into that. Yeah. Instead, you know, because Jack is rightfully, uh, you know, suspicious and on guard with them. And if and if Daniel was here, he'd be like, why are you so mean? Why can't you just trust them? Why do you know? Yeah. So it's, it's like you missed. I didn't miss it. I'm just saying that's the usual interaction we would get. And so instead we get Jonas like making out in his lab with the with the woman. You know, <laughs> you're not really sure. He plays clueless well. So you're like. Does he know something's up or? Yeah, it's it's very much a stretch. So it, <laughs> nothing in the plot hinges on it. And, and it's probably just something that they put in there for like boat geeks. But like 
Jonas has a book open and and there's a picture of a uh, you know like an 18th century sailing ship, the the Cerberus with a C, and the name of this craft spaceship is Cerberus with an S. And he's like, hmm, you know, and we and they don't pay it off until the end. He's like, well, that ship from the you know 18 1700s was a was a prison transport, and this ship from a group of people that split off from Earth. A thousand years before 1700 was also called that that part didn't really work for me, although I do appreciate how smart Jonas is in this episode. He's like, let me just leave all these like golden chalices and stuff out here. And when Renard comes in, she's like drooling over it like, you know, like she, yeah, I don't know, just saw a bunch of hamburgers or something. But I don't know. But see, I think that scene at the end about the ships is just it's it calls back to the earlier episodes of the season where he was like you know explain like you know he knew everything yeah he's just a know-it-all yeah. and so and then jack gives him that look like oh i think he said what do you say like incredible or something and then he said oh well, i never trusted a girl kissed on the first date yeah or i've always been suspicious of a girl that kisses incredible. on the first date and i so that's what i liked that the way they played jonas you weren't really sure You're like is he clueless does he know what's going on does he not know what's going on so that was nice yeah, he does well with that, and I liked how she thought that she was pulling one over on him, but he was actually doing that to her and just playing along with her scheme. That was nice to see. Yeah. It was totally Kaiser sozying her. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, uh, they kind of do poke fun at uh, Jonas being obsessed with the name and feeling like it's got to mean something that they have the same name. And at the end, Teal'c is just like, the meaning of the name hasn't changed, which I, I'm not sure if that was like poking fun at Jonas being obsessed <laughs> with the name and not it not really meaning anything because Cerberus is the dog that guards the gates to Hades and in mythology, but and that doesn't directly translate to therefore we should name it after a prison, like name a prison ship after it. Like there's not a there's not a direct line to that. Mm. So I and don't also really we're know. Celts, not Romans. I don't know, but fair enough. Yeah. Well, it, dep- it, <laughs> yeah. it depends on at what when, point the yeah. Bradians were taken. Because if if it was after the Romans took over the British Isles, then you would have some cultural crossover. But yeah, again, we don't really know. But I did like the explanation too, where, you know, Jack, it starts with Jack finds a picture of a, of a human female, you know, on the ground is like, Hmm, have humans ever been here? And then, you know, we, we have the, the two species, we have the, the humans who, who are at the crash site and then the like lizard people who, who are fighting them. And then we see like a video of, of, you know, the ship's uh, warden, I guess, and he's a human. So you're thinking like, whoa, like humans and aliens. And then at the end, it's paid off where it's like, oh, yeah, that's the, the lizard person says like, hey, I, sh- I should I should say his name is Warwick. <laughs> says, hey, that that is my wife that you have a picture of there, sir. And um, and so you're you're like, oh, this is a very well integrated society of of lizard people and human people. And we do see the, the Hebridians uh, again later. So we get a little bit more insight into their society. So mm-hmm. it's it's interesting from that sociological uh, perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, the human of SG-1 initially just assumed that because they were human and they were whatever, that they weren't from the same planet. They bought into that so eagerly. Yeah. And, yeah. and I thought that was really interesting that no, 
they are, I mean, you know, it, it, I don't know. I don't know if they intentionally wanted to say something about society and culture and bias and all this stuff, but they were. And like you said, that the, the non-humans were actually the, the good people, the humans were the bad people, you know, it, it, I liked that they did that and they did it just kind of without rubbing your face in it, but they did it. Yeah. So, you know, kind of, it kind of gave you pause. Like, why did I, why, why did we think that right away? Oh, that's not good. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It was very well, well executed in a realistic way that wasn't hitting you over the head with any sort of over the top message. Um, and I think a lot of that goes towards how charismatic Aiden is. Like he does a really mm-hmm. good job just selling them to SG one without, without really saying a lot and they, he just, he picks up on their assumptions and then he runs with them and it it works really well for them. Yeah. Yeah. And Martin Cummins is one of those actors you see like all over nineties and 2000 sci-fi, the 4,400 Andromeda, dark matter, you name it, you know? And so he's definitely a recognizable face and he is like, I thought like very good at like putting the moves on, on Sam. And like, at one point you're like, Oh, this is like pretty charming flirting. And then like it switches a few minutes later, you're like, okay, mm-hmm. now he's crossed the line into creepy. You know, yeah, as soon as she gets the ship on, yeah. he becomes really, yeah. Creepy. <laughs> yeah. And, and it is. And it, and, and I, it's intentional too. You're like, Oh, this charming guy, he's flirt. And he's like, Oh no, wait, this, <laughs> this is actually sinister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kept watching him thinking, gosh, this guy is so familiar. I could not put my finger on it. And um, it was driving me crazy. And it was more his voice than his looks. And I, I just couldn't think of it, couldn't think of it. And so I go on the internet and I look him up and I've, I've watched When Calls the Heart for, since it started on the Hallmark Channel. And he is one of the major characters, 102 episodes, only it's you know, filmed now. So he looks a little, you know, like the rest of us, he's aged. So he looks a little different. And I could not, once I, once I looked it up and I made the connection in my head, of course, but, um, and he does a fabulous job on there playing sometimes the bad guy, sometimes the good guy. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was just kind of funny because I could not figure it out. Yeah. Just glancing through his IMDb, he's still, he's still doing a lot of stuff and a lot of recent things. So Mm-hmm. He's still out there working and he, he seems very familiar and I'm sure I've seen him multiple times in uh, different uh, science fiction TV shows. Yeah. And it's like Dion Johnstone. I've never watched Rivendell, but he was. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I almost mm-hmm. said Rivendell, but I said uh, Riverdale, but I've never I've never seen it. But he's been on that for 78 episodes. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's like these shows that like. Oh yeah, that actor. Like I saw him. I wonder what he's up to now. And then you like look him up, and he's like, "Yeah, he's been three hundred episodes on this one show that you've never heard of." And you're like, "Oh, I guess he has been working all this time." Yeah, I think that's just because there's so many. Well, say shows. channels now and streaming and all these things. Like, there's so many more shows than there used to be. I, I'm very consistently getting shows recommended to me by people, and I'll go. I've never heard of it, and I'll go look it up and it'll be some TV show that's been on and it's, has like eight seasons. And like, I've, I've never heard of this show. Like, yes, I, I guess people are, are watching them, but yeah. or, or they uh, recommend it to you after like season two. And you're like, yeah, I'll get around to that. And then like two seasons go by. And then it's like, like that's like, they completely ruined the show. And you're like, well, I'm glad I, I'm glad I never like started watching that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
it's a, it's an embarrassment of riches, I guess you yeah. could say. Uh, your uh, your slip up there calling Riverdale Rivendell though just made me want <laughs> yeah. makes me want to see like a some sort of parody where it's young Aragorn and Arwen <laughs> in yeah. like an Archie style comic or something. <laughs> so that needs to happen. <laughs> a jughead is never early nor late. A jughead arrives when when he is meant to. <laughs> I don't know. There we go. I did like the ship's uh the the ship's like sonic defense though. It's got that switch yeah. that apparently so I didn't really understand it. Mm-hmm. Like the aliens who are in control of the ship are the only ones who seem to be horribly affected by it. Like it really bothers humans, but that like high pitched buzzing sound, which I guess is probably like a Taylor Swift song or something. <laughs> um but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to put that in there. Um, Oh, that's not going to go over well in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It it really negatively affects the Warwick and his crew, but it doesn't affect the humans as badly. And I want to know why they would have that kind of defense on their ship when it's their their ship. Like, that didn't really make sense. That didn't make sense to me either. And the fact that Warwick is able to crawl through it and turn it off. You know, it's like if it was actually an effective defense system, like nobody would able, especially the people it was designed to affect the most, nobody would be able to turn it off. Like it's impossible to turn off much like a a Taylor Swift song (laughs) because it's so good. (laughs) My daughter is no longer going to listen to our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Victor defending it. Um, Yeah. They could have put in like a line about we rigged up this system to affect the the eardrums of these aliens that are attacking us. And that would have taken care of all that. But as it was, it it did not really make a lot of sense. Mm -mm. No, I liked, uh, I liked the, I forgot his name, the blonde haired guy running through the woods. I didn't like him, but I liked Kyle or whatever his name was. Yeah. I like that Jack gives him his walkie talkie and that enabled, you know, enabled him to hear what they were going to say so they couldn't talk to each other when you know they knew things were going on and you know and he just keeps trying to shoot Warwick and Jack's like stop it, you know, take him alive and so it added nice drama with um Jack and Teal'c cuz usually they just run through the woods themselves and find somebody yeah. but this kind of added a little element of drama because you got the blonde guy trying to shoot him and them trying to capture him and you know it just something's up and something's weird. So it was like, you yeah, said, everyone had something to do at that point. And when Jack and Teal finally do catch up to Warwick and they're saying like, it's like, stop, hear me out. I am the good alien in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Like you're like, but, but Lyle is still out there. Like you're just expecting like yes. any second to like, it's like, Oh dang, we should have like got him someplace safe before we stopped to talk <gasps> about him. Cause we know there's this loose cannon, like convict guy running around. But yeah, that didn't happen, thankfully, because it would have been very sad. Yeah. What they also could have done is at the very beginning when they come and attack SG-1, who's just found the ship, and Jack shoots the guy in the leg and the others are shooting and then Lyle comes around and just kills him because obviously they don't want him to talk. He could have been yelling like, don't shoot, let's talk. But there's yeah. no like there's like no attempt at communication before that point, and I feel like Warwick could have could have like yelled because he can speak perfectly yeah. fine English. Just 
hey, don't don't shoot. This is not what you think. And then Jack probably would have like set it up so that they could talk. But again, then you wouldn't have the episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Speaking of their really good English. <laughs> yeah. I was cracking up that they knew the uh I forgot the woman's name, Tannis Renard. She she and uh Aiden, I mean they they understood all of the slang. Like he and Carter are flirting and doing all of this. And the only yeah. word he didn't understand was souffle. I mean, they're able to do all of this back and <laughs> forth and repartee. And, you know, and it was just kind of funny because we had just commented on that. Like, wow, that's some really good, you know, American English there, you know? Yeah. And then, and then she says that I can whip up a souffle. And he's like, oh, what's that? So that's like, whoa, 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 this is moving way too fast for me or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's because they're uh, they're of Scottish descent. They don't know French cuisine. Yeah. <laughs> if she'd said I can whip up a haggis, then he would have been like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we kind of hand wave away like yeah. language entirely in Stargate. But that was it was like they were throwing a lot of like the banter relies on idioms and stuff that uh -huh. most of which are, you know, within the last 50 years of, of English that no alien civilization that broke off a thousand years ago would, would know about, yeah. but yeah. And it, yeah. And then they get hung up on like Souffle. context clues, people it's, it's a food. <laughs> well, it was funny because you're right. Usually it's just, we don't, we don't care too much. They all speak yeah. English, but this, this one was a little more uh, bantery. I mean, this, yeah. it, you know, they, they, ignored that a little more than usual so not that i didn't enjoy it i enjoyed it i just it kind of made me crack up that yeah you gotta not think about the whole they wouldn't speak the same language at all but stargates ignored that from the beginning which i'm okay yeah. with well yeah otherwise you'd have six seasons of what is that this <laughs> <Yeah>. is a <laughs> or uh they've started putting out on the the star trek youtube channel these these little videos called very short treks and there's one where it's called uh to skin a cat and it's basically captain uh captain kirk says something about how there's more than one way to skin a cat and there's a cat alien on the ship who gets offended and then he says we've got bigger fish to fry and there's a fish alien on the ship and it just escalates <laughs> until like every idiom he uses he offends somebody so it's, it's pretty funny i'll have to check that out <laughs> But yeah, and uh, it's. I feel bad for Bork. All his friends are are dead. He's. I hope he gets to see his wife again. He's been there for like two years, so I'm rooting for Bork. Yeah, he does. I don't know if we we see him again, right? I yeah, mean, in, in Space again. Race. So yep. Space Race. Yeah, um, which which is the best episode title I think in all of in all of Stargate, <laughs> in my opinion. But I, one thing that wasn't clear to me, it's like you see these people, they're crashed on the, you know, they're fairly well groomed and stuff. And they've been obviously they're well fed, too. And you're like, oh, well, they've been crashed probably for a couple of weeks now. Mm -hmm. And then later on the episode, it's like for three years, we've been fighting them. And you're like, really? Three years? Like you, you've been fighting actively and like you're still alive at this point. And your clothes aren't torn yeah. up. Or <laughs> yeah. And, and not dirty or befouled uh -huh. in any way. So it was. That part wasn't really, they didn't need to make it three years. They could have crashed, you know, six weeks ago or something. And it would still would have been believable from the episode's perspective. Mm -hmm. Maybe years are different on oh, that's right. whatever planet they're from. Ah. 
It is 20 of your Earth hours. <laughs> yes. You start using a... What's the, the time... The word for year they use in the old Battlestar Galactica, Yaren. Oh, no. Remember. Yaren. Yeah, Yaren. For, yeah. for some reason. Okay, I looked up Space Race is season seven. Yeah. Episode eight. So we, we it's a fun are episode. less than a year. I mean, less than a season. Yeah. I'm getting to see work again. Is it is it what it sounds like? Is it a race in space? Exactly. It okay. is. Yeah. That's awesome. It's kind of like the uh, Voyager episode where that's what like, I was Tom thinking. Perry, yeah, yeah. It's it. They're very similar. Yeah. Yes. Except this one has more like corporate espionage in it. So it's like uh, <laughs> so that what's that movie about the the Formula One racing? Oh. Anyways. Yeah. Slip my tongue, but that kind of thing. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for Jonas. I feel like this is the second episode that we've gotten recently where like an attractive woman is into him and it either it doesn't work out or she turns out to be evil. So Yeah, I did make a note about that. Like we have a woman in sick bay and then in walks Jonas. You know, it's like we saw that with, with Ice Lady, you know, oh, from yeah. uh, from from Frozen. And it's like you know, if we have a, a lady to talk to, you you just send in Jonas with the charm offensive and Yep. And it works. Yeah, it does. It yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My question was where was the nurse that he yeah, was, was hitting on? Say, yeah. Or wanted to hit on, anyway. right? Yeah. Because she works in sick bay, we're assuming. So where is she in all this? That would have been interesting. Guess he didn't get sick. Yeah, and it's well, it's a good thing Aiden didn't become a Carter boyfriend, because we know how that ends. Yeah. Yeah. He was towing the line, so he's. I guess he still could. I mean, it's time. He's not dead. True, might he's be locked up. Ice. Yeah, wherever they put those aliens, they bring back to the U.S. I mean, to the to Earth. Yep, and I think they he winds up in stasis right on the ship, and then oh, the yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're like right. we're gonna like put them in stasis, and yeah, I can't I, believe that they're the worst of Ebron in society, but I mean. But we don't know what they did. That's true. <laughs> they downloaded a car. Yeah, they downloaded a car. <laughs> they they stole a golden chalice or something. I don't know. We uh, when we were we were watching this, my my daughter says, "Is there anything that Carter can't do? Like you know, she's an astrophysicist. She's a soldier. She you know, and she's a mechanic." And it was funny because it was right before the character. Aiden said that. And he said the almost yeah. exact same thing she was thinking. <laughs> she was just like, and I said, well, hey, at least it's the woman that's like so yeah. amazing and can do everything, right? And she was just like, okay, but, you know, I don't know about this. And, and then, then he Carter calls was, her out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then Carter's like, well, fortunately, I'm smarter than your average human. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it that way. But. And she can make a mean souffle. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I think we do eventually see Carter Cook, right? Oh, I can't remember. No, next episode we get to see Jonas Cook. So. That's right. It's the probie. Yeah. So. Oh, and then the other thing I really liked was some the banter at the very, very beginning with mm. the telescope. Yeah. Because we all know, I mean, <laughs> that Jack knows something about telescopes. But you episode know, one, he's looking through a telescope, right? I think, or like in the movie, or Colette, yeah, yeah, in the movie, yeah. And several times we find out that he is really into 
but he seems to have forgotten it. He's like, how you turn on? <laughs> or, yeah. But I, I think that that's just, and, and we, we, on the wiki, they mentioned that, you know, Richard Dean Anderson started playing Jack a little dumber just for comedic effect, mm-hmm. which I mean, it, it, it we see this, uh, you know, people who, who play dumb just to, you know, build trust with, with other people and stuff too. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's some of that, but it's also, you know, funnier. I think, I think the lines like the Jack quips and, and the Tealkisms, while there weren't any true standout gems, they were, they were very good. I think just the banter, you know, mm-hmm. even between Lyle and, and, uh, Jack and Tealk and stuff yeah. uh, went down pretty well. Mm-hmm. I was going to say when he says, I like gas as much as the next guy. If you go back and watch Amanda Tapping's face when he says that, yeah, because I'm betting that that was an ad lib, like that was him just saying that because yeah. she just cracked up. She had this look on her face, like it had to have been a real moment. Yeah, her her laugh there was genuine. Yeah, yeah. tell because <laughs> she's laughing as she says her next line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that, you know, they evidently have such a good relationship on the set that they could, you know, do those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. It's good that they allow the the actors the freedom to play around with that stuff because it, it just makes everything more, feel more genuine. Mm-hmm. And I think probably uh, Richard Dean Anderson probably had the most leash when it came to that, I would imagine. <laughs> probably so. <laughs> And I also like that the telescope they have looks like your like the one you just order from Sky and Telescope, like from, the Ski, from Sears. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's a nice it's a it looks like a nice desk yeah like desktop telescope. And I was like, so uh, my head canon is that that was just Carter's personal telescope she brought with her, and it wasn't actually part of the 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 official mission for scouting the planet. <laughs> she just wanted to look at the stars from the planet, or she's just like. What, what, what do I bring? What do I bring? Oh, yeah. J- yeah. Jack like telescopes. Uh, do I have a telescope? I'll, I'll bring my telescope. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll look through it and then, and then Jack will look through it and it, it'll be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So is Victor officially uh, a shipper now? I think so. Um, <laughs> I think maybe so. since, since Daniel's officially dead at this point. Yes. <laughs> oh, only a little bit longer. We've got a few yeah. more episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes me sad because I really like Jonas. I like his, and I feel like this episode really, he, I feel like he hasn't had a lot to do the past several episodes and he was kind of the crux of getting him out of the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, this is definitely like a Jonas is smart and thinking like one step ahead of people like, cause Hammond runs in, it's like somebody authorized, somebody accessed the computer in the sick bay. Do you have any (laughs) idea who could have been? Could it have been the person that we have in the sick bay? I'm going to go down there and ask her if she accessed the computer. And Jonas is like, well, actually, let's let's be a little bit more nuanced than that. And so yeah. plants Earth's address in the computer, has like all the like like the crown jewels on his desk. The party and, city. And, yeah. Like the party decorations. City. Awesome. Mardi Gras beads. And, and uh, it's like, hmm, that's, oh, that's really good jewels there. I, I could really use some of that stuff. And so. And he's like, well, I'm going to leave. I'll leave my computer on so you can see the gate address that we're, we have here. And mm-hmm. and so then when they, when they, when she escapes this, and that was cool too, is like the space uh, faring civilization didn't know about the Stargate. And so they're at the beginning they're kind of like saying they're, you know, did you come in a ship and Jack doesn't want to share information. Mm-hmm. And then Teal'c eventually shares information. And then 
once they uh the prisoners realize that the stargate can can take them to you know worlds with riches unforetold they they're they're definitely on board but you know you know what they say gator's gonna gate 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 and i'm just <laughs> gonna shake it off <laughs> nice anyways yeah but yeah so i i did like that aspect of it how like they weren't familiar with the stargate to them it was just a round circle and they had no idea what what it did they just thought it was some sort of decoration yeah mm-hmm. it's a very small version of the uh st louis arch yes <laughs> but then at the end you hear warwick say that his race saved i forget the names of all the people saved their the, the other people the from radiance. the gold yeah. And yeah. so he obviously did know something about the the gate and about the Gould and about their history, which uh, I can't think of his name now again either. Um, Carso Aiden, or Aiden, yeah. Aiden? Aiden didn't know anything. Yeah. So I thought that was that. I mean, and I can't remember if in space race, I know we learned a little bit more about their civilization. So if there was, if we get into that or not, but that was interesting. Aiden had no idea and works like, yeah my my people my, you know we came here and gave them technology and saved them and i almost wanted to like so your race gave them technology and i'm like that's something that nobody wants to do with earth so like how'd that work out for you like can we can we can we talk about that because yeah i mean and he does have you know he does have a human wife so it's, yeah you know it's working out well no for, i just because nobody but, wants yeah. to give earth oh yeah you know mm-hmm. technology because they're afraid we're gonna like fight each other you know that kind of thing and yeah it's not really clear based on what warwick says and the fact that the ship has had had human crew not just the alien crew it would seem that their society is pretty well integrated and mm-hmm. like across the board between both species but i guess you could also headcanon it as the they know about the stargate but it's not a piece of technology they can utilize and so these three criminals who are not mm-hmm. astrophysicists or scientists like that might be common like something you can look up and know about in their society but because it's not utilized not everyone knows about it so they just mm-hmm. don't know what it is because that they're not that smart <laughs> and that's not their area of learning cuz it is, you do get that thing in sci-fi where when you meet a species like they're everyone's expected to know every single aspect of their planet's culture. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, always we one, one culture for the whole yeah. planet. Yeah. It'd be like if you brought something to me from like China or India or Norway or like some culture that I'm not really that familiar with, be like, what is this? I'm like, I have no idea. But in a science fiction show, I would know because I'm from earth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I think that makes it more realistic rather than less. Mm-hmm. That's true. Awesome. Uh, y'all have any other thoughts on this episode? Um, just that we get a very nice, you know, wooded planet, but everybody talks about it like it's, you know, a hell planet. Like, it's, oh, this is an awful planet. It's very rough <laughs> here, right? And it's like, yeah, it kind of just looks like all the other planets, but. Vancouver planets. Yeah. It looked pretty nice to me. That's yeah. a good place to go camping. Yeah. What about you, Lisa? No, I'm just surprised how much I enjoyed this episode this time around. I really, I really, when my family asked, they're like, so what's the episode this week? And I'm like, 
you know, and they were like, uh, and then we watched it. It was like, oh, oh, no, I liked it. It was really pretty good. So I, I was just pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Definitely enjoyed it. Uh, I think they, they took this trope and did a good job with it based on the, the strength of the performances. Mm -hmm. So. And I, I agree. I think that was the key that you had mm -hmm. some great actors and they just, yeah. they just did a fabulous job. I mean, anytime you get Dion Johnstone on here is great. And then, you know, they all just worked really well together. Yeah. And it shows that you don't have to do something crazy convoluted with the plot. If you have, if you have good dialogue, good performances, then the plot can be pretty straightforward, which this one is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we had some really good Teal moments in it too, where yeah. he got to just be like looking into the woods, kind of like Master Bray Tech, oh, yeah, you know, did. Right. And, and just like there's something out there. And, and, you know, he's, he's kind of thinking one step ahead. Jack's thinking one step ahead too. And, and it's, it's always good when your heroes don't completely buy into the, you know, the, the lies of the, you know, fake people on your show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you have to have, keep some of it like, faith in your characters that I can see through this. So you have to be able to see, uh, see through this as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Uh, before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Ernie M, Seth N, Clint V, Melanie Q and Allison H. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or find our video versions at youtube.com slash starquestmedia. And to find oh, and previous... I, I should mention we're getting some really good feedback on the YouTube channel, so oh. definitely check us out there. Love to hear the comments there. Yes, definitely. We got a, got a lot of good interaction on there. And to find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash Stargate. You can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, The Changeling. Until then, Lisa Jones, thank you for joining me and sharing the Secrets of Stargate. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. Carter out. My thoughts exactly. <laughs> that, that had to hurt. Yeah. And once again, I'm Jack Berizzini. Thank you for listening to The Secret to Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Here's another show on the StarQuest network you're sure to enjoy. Raising the Bets. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash bets. That's B-E-T-T-S, bets.